Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today we talk with DCE Mark Cook about building community one youth at a time. One of our five categories we use in our 40 end goals of youth ministry is community. Uh, yes, that is where the podcast title came from. <laughs> and in that, uh, we say that youth ministry should help youth to deepen their understanding of the critical importance of Christian community inside their families individual church communities, and the worldwide church. Through our baptism, God has gathered us into his body, his community, the church. And that community is a place where we receive and share the means of grace, support one another, and offer warmth, challenge, and grace. And building community in your youth ministry is a way to live out what we want to teach in these end goals. To read all 40 end goals, you can go to youthesource.com. One of the studies I often share uh, when I present and, and use it in a lot of different places is a, as a research piece out of Yale where they studied uh, why people seem to enjoy doing things in groups. And uh, one of the things they did was they gave people a piece of chocolate and had them eat it by themselves and rate its quality from one to 10. Mm. And then they had them read uh, the same piece of chocolate. The only variable they changed was that they had them do it with someone else, right? Had them do it with someone else in the huh. room. And in fact, uh, they rated the chocolate better when they ate it with someone else than when they were by themselves. And I think there is just something in that that says, you know, God has wired us for community. God has wired us to be people together uh, and and not all on our own. And uh, we can see that in, in youth ministry, but in other aspects of ministry as well. So I wonder if that was like anchovies or anything different, if that research would be the same as Actually, chocolate. Every response, positive or negative, was higher. So wow, okay, oh really? Okay, better experiences were better. Okay, all right. We get more out of an experience because we're with people. And and that doesn't definitely does not surprise me as having that kind of interaction for a wonderful experience like that. So interesting to see that. All right. Well, to dig into this topic, we are going to talk with DCE Mark Cook about his chapter in Connected for Life about developing community one person at a time. Mark Cook is a graduate of Concordia, Nebraska, and is in his 12th year serving as DCE at Trinity Lutheran Church in Rochester, Minnesota. He serves mainly in the areas of youth ministry, confirmation, and children's ministry. He enjoys playing with his kids, music, camping, backpacking, and anything that involves being outdoors and going on adventures with his wife, Libby, and three children, Micah, Karis, and another one on the way. Congratulations, Mark and Libby. That is fantastic. And, and Mark, too, I want to say thank you for all the work that both you and Libby have done serving on LCMS Youth Gathering planning teams, uh, worked in a lot of different areas, and most recently, well, now you're working on sessions, but also did a lot of great work with our volunteers at the 2019 LCMS Youth Gathering. So thank you so much for that. We want to get started with you telling us a little bit about your vocations and things that bring you joy. Yeah, so my vacation vocations, as you've heard, a uh, couple of them here, um, husband and father, and those truly bring me a lot of joy. Um, I have amazing wife, Libby. She's a Lutheran school teacher um, and, and mom right now, too. Um, and we're 
we are joyously expecting our, our third one here in August. Um, and just love spending time with my kids, Micah and Karis. Um, they're, they, they bring me a lot of joy in life. Um, coming home every day to, to see them. Um, um, Karis has a couple of words right now. My, my favorite phrase from her um, is, I miss you, daddy, when she doesn't get to see me for a while. It's the, it's the cutest thing um, you could ever hear from a little girl. Um, yep. And then um, obviously my other vocation as a DCE um, serving in the church here in Trinity. Um, it's, it's a joy to serve our families here um, with our children and youth here at Trinity um, and helping our, our families um, be connected to their faith and raising children in the faith as well. It's awesome. Well, we always love to hear a little bit about the journey to servant leadership in the church that people take um, lots of different routes, but uh, do you have a key moment from your youth where Jesus brought you closer to him or to the church? Um, I think the, the biggest ones I can think of um, biggest moments for, for me growing up um, were the mission trips and, and camps I went to um, over the summers in middle school and high school. Um, they just stand out to me as being tremendously impactful in my faith. Um, and as I, as I grew up through, through middle school and high school and looking at what, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to do with my, with my life from there, um, just seeing and participating in service and mission through the mission trips, um, and and seeing what real Christian community again what we're talking about today what real Christian mm-hmm. community looks and feels like um, when you're when you're in the midst of it um, that's just where I saw I saw my faith lived out um, in in the most natural um, most natural way of um, thoughts and actions and beliefs all all lining up um, in the in the same way um, and and just experiences through the through the LCMS Youth Gathering as well. Um, that was just another great example of, of Christian community that I had growing up. Um, and I, I would be remiss not to mention um, a, a youth leader I had growing up um, that we we still tell stories of to this day. Um, her, her name is Enola, but we call her Granola. I, I really have no idea where it came from other than us middle schoolers making fun of her name and, and her latching onto it and loving it. Um, and so we would just always call her granola and, and make fun of her. She wasn't that old, but we'd, we'd kind of pick on her for her age. Um, like when she'd, when we'd go to wherever, um, for youth trips, Hey, Hey granola, can you get the senior discount here? Um, and she, she loved it. Um, she, she just laughed with us and, um, thought it was the greatest thing. Um, but she would come to sporting events that I had. Mm. Um, she'd keep track of, of all of us kids. Um, she was my, my small group leader through, through confirmation. Um, and she was just, she was an amazing Christian woman and volunteer at our church. Um, and any, anytime I go back to my home church and see her, I go up and give her a big hug. Um, it's yeah, she was, she was a person who showed me um, servant leadership in the church um, and, and community as well. That's awesome. We've loved the stories we've gotten to hear. And I think a lot of things you have said are other connections we have between that opportunity to serve 
um, and to lead, to understand that community, to maybe be stretched in our understanding of our vocations, um, how God had gifted us, and then those relationships, those people who have invested in us um, and how the Holy Spirit used them. So, so thankful for people in your life and for the ministry you're doing too. And so we are going to turn to that topic um, about community. And we've talked about a lot of different aspects of youth ministry on the podcast, whether it's looking at uh, the Connected for, uh, for Life chapters or other areas too. And we really wanted to have you on to talk about this concept of Christian community that you wrote about and why maybe can you speak in particular that is important for youth ministry, understanding and living in that Christian community for young people. Um, yeah, it's it's super important, um, and especially for our youth today. Um one, it is, it's a gift given to, to the church. Mm. Um, and it's a blessing given by God to, to the church. It's not just, um, not just community. It's, it's Christian community. Mm. Um, these kids can have community on their basketball team. They have community in their friend group. They can have community in lots of different places. Um, but there's something fundamentally different about, um, Christian community. Um, and that part is, is a gift given by God. Um, we, we can't just form that out of our, out of our own, um, out of the own things we do. Um, that's something given to us. Um, when we worship together, pray together, commune together, study together, serve together. Um, these things are, are gifts for us. Um, but, but why is it so important for youth ministry? Um, it's, it's, it's not something, um, not something our youth get outside in the world. They don't receive these other these other mm-hmm. things you've talked about in the seven practices. Um, they may not be receiving grace and forgiveness in the mm-hmm. world. They mm-hmm. do receive it here in the church in our Christian community. Um, the warmth, challenge, and grace part of that um, that's that's just so foundational to them. Um, the identity that they're developing, um, they're understanding their baptismal faith and developing a resilient identity. Um, those things are are key in our faith and growing up, and those are found only in Christian community mm-hmm. in the church and and grown and fostered through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think it's it's so important that their um, their community is 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 here in the church, and they know this is this is their family here. And in the chapter, you talk a little bit about some things that might keep youth from uh, community building in their church, Christian community building. Uh, what are some barriers to that that you've seen in either in your own ministry or just in general in this generation? Yeah. So, um, so in general, I'll, I'll kind of start with that. Um, there, there's a really interesting study um, done. Um, it's ACEs adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I learned about this through, um, through foster parenting. Uh, my wife and I did foster care for, um, for several years, and this is one of the the trainings that we did as a part of that. Um, and I just found it I found it fascinating and really applicable into the ministry side of things as well. Um, but it looks at the um, again adverse childhood experiences, um, things abuse, um, neglect, um, parent separation or divorce, um, incarceration of a household member. Several there's ten different criteria that are um, major adverse experiences. Um, and two thirds of of kids have one of those in their life, um, and twenty percent, one in five of them have three or more of those present in their lives. Um, it just kind of shows the the extent of um, of brokenness in this world, mm-hmm. if you want to put it 
in general um, that these kids are are dealing with in their in their own personal lives. Um, and these things all present barriers to community because um, mm-hmm. our, our response to um, to sin in the world is to is to cover it up, um, is to be ashamed of it, to be embarrassed of it, um, especially when it comes to the youth and kids who all, all these adverse childhood experiences are things dealing with their family situation, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily their own their own fault or their um, of them themselves. And so those things can just provide barriers to them wanting to open up about different things. Um, they have they have walls that they've put up, um, barriers they've put up to to kind of shelter out this part of their life. Um, and so that's just a, in general um, that that kids are dealing with and and how do we how do we work past those things? Um, when it comes specifically to barriers like in in our youth group, um, some of the more specific things like that, uh, I think the most common one is, um, and I hear from a lot of people, is kids from different schools. Like, hey, I've got eight different schools represented in my high school group, and um, or I've got twenty different schools represented in in my group, um, or just a simple, even just we have one Lutheran school and one public school um, mm-hmm. that can provide a barrier just split between two things like that, um, and it's a barrier in the sense that those kids aren't spending as much day-to-day time with each other. Um, they have different friend groups because they're at a different different school, different sports, um, whatever. And so their, their common connecting place may only be on Sunday or may only be on Wednesday um, at church together. And whereas they're spending whatever, eight hours a day at the same school, um, five days a week. So that's, that's just a more... Um, easy to see barrier Mm -hmm. that's out Mm -hmm. there. Um, the, the other barriers are, um, in, in my own, in my own personal ministry experience, um, just your regular conflicts that come up amongst kids. Um, the, the kids who just say stupid things at the wrong time, um, and it hurts, it hurts another kid's feelings. Um, whether it's intentional or not intentional, mm-hmm. um, the um, gossip that can that can happen um, and hurt feelings through that um, those those barriers they they can add up. Those ones are kind of additive things where they can um, it, if they keep progressing, um, you can see see real rifts in community happening, um, and those are best dealt with quickly and. Um, with our with our warmth challenge and grace, right, um, of of calling out those things, but but offering grace and forgiveness because the 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 key part of um, of forgiveness is then restoration of community um, mm-hmm. for forgiving the sin, um, but then the next step after that is restoration and community and bringing community back together. We saw great things when uh, in those youth ministries or or for youth in the larger congregation to see that restoration happen in relationships. It could have been in their own family. It could have been amongst church members. It could have been with people outside the church. And when they can start to see that in their young years, it's a beautiful thing when we think about that lifetime discipleship. They start to get that. They see those stories. They see the Holy Spirit work through that. And it can be a real, really beautiful thing. Because like you said, some of those problems you were listening there at the end, they're not going to go away for the adult church either. Yeah. <laughs> There's oh, still yeah. com- community issues that they're still dealing with. Yeah. And so when they can learn at their young years to deal with gossip, 
those types of things. People maybe disagree with them. The more that they're able to be, again, those people who reach out with warmth in their adult years as well. And I, I think you really, you stuck on something too interesting too about that, that those high school years, I think, especially, and maybe even earlier years are an interesting time. I think when you think about our development, that you spend so much time with a peer group. And then if you are in a church where you do have multiple school districts, multiple things about what an opportunity to teach about Christian community and how it's different. These may not be the people you spend all that time with, but yet you still have that special, unique community. So thanks for touching on that. It's kind of a unique thing for ministry, especially youth ministry to be thinking about. Yeah, certainly. Um, and the other real quick, the other part with um, with forgiveness in, in the community um, is that is it does give the opportunity for a stronger community mm. after forgiveness and grace is shown. Um, that's, that's a, sometimes people are hesitant about um, approaching conflict in a, in a breakdown in community um, because, because they think it will worsen things or the community right. will be broken through that uh, more often than not. And yes, it can, mm-hmm. uh, but more often than not um, forgiveness and reconciliation brings more growth and deeper community um, as a result of that. Um, again, that's that's a gift of of Christian community that we have is is even through through sin, um, God provides forgiveness and can provide growth even after and through that. Well, yeah, and, and so many young people right now, are they're still figuring out what it means to be a friend, what it means to yeah. be in community. Like they haven't, you know, they're still developing that. And um, I have definitely seen opportunities when, um, when I've maybe as an adult said something and then been very immediate about like, I need to apologize to you. That was inappropriate. I shouldn't have said that. Or I know I hurt your feelings. Um, will you forgive me? And, and I teach them to use that language. Not only is that builds their relationship with me, but it helps them go, okay, that's what we do in this place when, when those things happen. So we talk in the seven practices about developing supportive adults. Sometimes those supportive adults are wonderful people who allow middle schoolers to call them granola and build these amazing <laughs> relationships that we get to see. And in your chapter, you talk about how individual youth leaders, leaders can start to build relationships with youth. What are some of the important ways you see for developing supportive youth to adult relationships? Um, so the the first thing... Um, I always say with this is, is to genuinely care. Um, mm. and I'll, I'll use granola for that. Um, <laughs> she, she, she genuinely, she didn't, she didn't have kids in our youth group. It's not like she was a parent and, Oh, well, I have to volunteer. I have to help out with this. Mm-hmm. Um, she genuinely cared about us. Um, and, and that, that's, that's seen and it's felt, um, by, by the kids in the youth group. It, it wasn't just me that loved granola. Um, it was all the rest of the kids there too. <laughs> Um, and, and it was because they knew she genuinely cared for us. Um, so from, from a, a practical level with, with adults, um, engaging youth in the church, um, this is learning kids names. It sounds like the dumbest, easiest thing, but knowing, (laughs) knowing their names, um, I, I, there are, there are lots of adults in my church that, don't know the kids in our high school, our high school youth group don't know their names. Um, when, when we have confirmation Sunday, there's, there's always a bunch of adults who are like, I, I don't know these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that that's going to happen, but we, but we want to, as much as we can get um, the adults in our church to, to learn who these kids are. Yeah. Um, and, 
know about them, care about them. Um, then the second part, after knowing their names, um, what, what are their interests? What are their passions? Um, what, what makes this kid tick? Um, mm -hmm. Because they, they all have their, their unique um, personality, um, their unique gifts um, that we can, we, can, we can learn about. Um, and that shows, that shows genuine care toward these, toward these youth. Um, the, the next one I'd say, so genuine care. The next one I'd say is, um, for, for adult leaders, um, in youth ministry, um, or people, people working in youth ministry is, um, is the quality time that we spend, um, with our youth. Um, this is, um, it's play with them, serve with them, pray with them. Um, it's, it's quality time with them. That isn't just a, I don't know how to, how to describe it. Um, the I'm in charge, you're participating. Um, here's, here's the, um, here's the schedule. We're sticking to it kind of thing. Um, this, this is, this is the Mary at the feet of Jesus type mm -hmm. of, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, that's great to have a schedule and great to have things planned out. Um, but, but the Mary at the feet of Jesus, um, and, and spending time, um, being in community, um, mm -hmm. with them. Um, it's so in, in all the retreats that we do, um, we have, we have scheduled downtime. Um, like we have specifically in the schedule downtime on there. Now to me, um, it's, it is scheduled time to play with the kids, scheduled time to talk with them. Yeah. Um, like it's, it, it's quote, quote scheduled downtime like but it but it, it very much has a schedule um to me and for adult leaders the the schedule is go spend time with the kids um go play with them go learn about them go interact with them um we don't we don't have anything on the quote schedule right now we're not mm -hmm. we're not specifically learning something right now or specifically playing this game right now um but it's it's an opportunity for us to um, to be together. Um, that's in this last year. It's been um, really interesting during the during the pandemic um, when we when we came back this um, spring with doing some in person stuff um, in our faith and family center. We have um, a lot of space there. We could spread out and do stuff. Um, we we had time to do some like games and stuff before our Bible study, but but most of the time we wouldn't even get to the games we were doing because the kids just wanted to sit and talk with yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, so I'd have I've had again scheduled games or like <laughs> activities scheduled on there, and we, and we just wouldn't do them because um, the kids wanted to be in community with each mm -hmm. other. Um, and I've even asked them sometimes. All right, I have this game. Do you, do you guys want to do this or do you want to? Because we'd been we'd been kind of talking. Or do you guys want to keep talking or do this game? Like, no, we want to keep talking. Like we just. Yeah. We just want to be together during this time, um, so don't don't underestimate that as well. Um, it's it's great to schedule downtime in what you're doing. Well, and often for those young people, uh, they're highly scheduled. There's lots of things going on yeah. in their lives, yeah. and that can be one of the only places where they get that experience, especially. Uh, in a place where they know they can be honest and open and um, and still be loved. Um, that's, a, that's a huge gift to adolescents in particular. Um, you give, and kind of tied to that, you give some great examples in your chapter about how you develop the community of a group. Um, and 
you know, that's something that's probably on the mind of all youth leaders to some degree. <laughs> um, but now, especially as they're thinking about maybe large events that are happening this summer or even thinking about um, the 2022 youth gathering, uh, what are some ways you have that can help develop a healthy uh, group community? Um, so the first off with this, I kind of mentioned before that um, Christian community is a, is a gift um, given to the church. And so I, I don't always like looking at it from the standpoint of, um, we, we need to create community in our group. Um, like there's a really good quote from, um, Bon Hafer. We don't create community. We participate in it. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he says that in, um, in his book life together. And, and I, that's, that's where we have to start all the time. Um, I don't want to, um, pish posh all that like the psychology and sociology behind group dynamics and stuff like that there's 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 a place for that definitely yep. um but the found the foundation of christian community um is is the gifts god's given to us um so like it's it's worshiping together where we receive god's gifts of forgiveness word and sacrament um it's praying together again god's gift of prayer um mm -hmm. it's studying together god's gift of his word again um serving together um, that's great commission. These are all participating, um, in, in what God's given us. Um, so I, I think we need to, we need to frame it first under, under those things. Um, when we look at the, the community we're, we're developing in our youth group, um, is first and foremost participating, um, in, in, in the gifts God has given us. Um, not, not everybody around the world has a Christian community, um, there are, there are plenty of Christians around the world who don't have this mm -hmm. gift of being able right. to meet together with others. Um, they're doing it in secret and apart. Um, and, and so part of that is understanding this gift that we do have. Um, so, so now I'm going to, now I want to add the layer in of some of the, the psychology <laughs> and sociology stuff, because, because that is useful as well. Once, once we have that baseline understanding of where, where Christian community comes from, um, yeah. How do we help foster that as well? Um, I think some of the 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 most um, most intriguing way I've seen or have had this presented to me or or learned about it um, is and it, it may seem it may seem intuitive um, once you once it's spoken out loud, but how it applies um, is very um, it's very intentional, um, and so it's um, it's having a sequencing of going, I was explaining from going from low to high. Um, so low, a low amount of trust to a high amount of trust, a low amount of um, emotional, um, like revealing to a high amount, a low amount of um, physical touch to a high amount of physical touch. Mm -hmm. um, you don't, you don't just run up and hug a total stranger. Um, that's you're jumping to high touch, um, high physical. I mean, but some of you are probably huggers out there and are fine with that. You got that free hug sign out. Um, but, um, but the same, same things with our, with our youth group as well. Um, it's, it's going from low to high because again, these our, our youth have different walls or barriers up. Um, some are higher, some are lower. Um, between all of them, but to bring the whole group along together, um, you need to 
broach some of these barriers together as a group as well. Um, and so, so you, you say, oh, that sounds pretty intuitive, um, but, but how do you actually do that um, in, in ministry? Because uh, it applies to games that you do, it applies to Bible studies that you do, it applies, it, it really applies to everything um, that you can do in youth ministry of starting with lower things and moving toward higher things. Um, we think about Bible studies, like the, the questions that we ask um, start with the, the easier, less invasive questions. Um, and then, and then later move to some of those that, that dig deeper. Um, when you're doing games with your youth, don't start with the, the craziest one where everybody makes a fool of themselves right off the bat. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta work up to that for the kids to feel comfortable, um, showing their true colors. Um, but when I think back in, um, like going to camp in high school, um, we do all like all the crazy camp songs with crazy dancing and action stuff like that. And I mean, I was a pretty cool kid in high school, right? Um, so, so the first, the first couple of days of camp, I'm, I'm like kind of singing along and, you know, not moving my hands much above my waist. Cause that would, that would give away some of my coolness, I guess. Um, but then like through the week you feel more comfortable with the group you're in. Um, and by second last day and last day of camp, you're, you're dancing around like a fool, like everybody else, um, waving your hands around and, and, and being silly and crazy. But, but there's a buildup to that, um, through, through the week, you've gotten, you've gotten comfortable with these people, um, and sharing a little more about yourself, um, throughout, throughout that week of camp. Um, so think of the same way in youth group as well of moving these kids from a, a lower, emotionally, spiritually trust, um, mm -hmm. physical type of thing towards mm -hmm. some of these deeper things, whether it's games, whether it's a Bible study, um, what, whatever it is you're doing. Um, the second thing I'll mention in, in there too, is, um, group initiative courses, um, or some people call them low ropes courses. Those, those employ these exact same techniques for right. doing that. Um, moving a group from a, um, low state of cohesion to a high state of cohesion um, and slowly building up trust within the group um, and building up um, all of these different things. So we, we do that with our middle school kids um, every fall and spring for our fall and spring retreats. We do some sort of um, group initiatives with them um, to help bring some of that community and help build community and trust within this group. So I, I really highly recommend that. Yeah, I appreciate it. We've, we've kind of done some podcasts, like just going through the chapters of the book, talking about like planning things or just even some of the programmatic aspects of teaching and appreciate you bringing in that layer of community to be thought through as well as you do that, knowing the context of which you're in, whether you're, maybe you're bringing in a younger grade, ninth graders into a high school youth ministry, or you got a new ministry you're, you're kicking in maybe with some young people. That's really helpful to think through that. And I think you said the word trust. I mean, how do you develop that trust? through those aspects of ministry is huge and, and how important that is for Christian communities is, is I mean, I think you look through scripture and that's so much of what is written there about as Christians, we learn to trust one another as we trust our heavenly father and trust yep. our Lord and savior, Jesus, and then reflect being tr those trustworthy people to others. So love that, love that layer that you brought in to, to close. I want to touch on one other thing you get into the chapter, because I think it's important. Um, and we have lots of congregations who have maybe lay leaders who may be disappointed, but the number of youth they have participating in ministry. 
But we know, and we certainly want to encourage this, that healthy youth ministry doesn't have a size. Um, So how can we shift our focus from quantity to quality in youth ministry? Or how can we help other youth leaders or congregational leaders and others get on board with this thinking? Yeah. Um, For for me, I think it's it's really easy to explain when it comes to community. have it, you don't need a massive amount of people to have community in your group. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think it's easier to have community with a smaller group. Um, when I, if you, if you think about just your, your average youth event, um, you as a single adult leader, how many kids do you actually think you can, you can mm-hmm. touch base with on, on more than just a surface level on, right. at one single event? Uh, how many, honestly, like if Not it's, a, if it, a couple, like if right. it's an hour or two thing, a couple, three, four, maybe that you can, you can get beyond just a surface conversation mm-hmm. of, Oh, how was hockey this week? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really hard to do with a large group. You need, um, with large groups. I, I almost want to take this conversation more with large groups. It's harder. You need more adult leaders that are more intentional about reaching into these kids' lives. I'm learning about them because you know, um, that with just one or two, one or two adult leaders, that's not gonna, that's not gonna cover the whole group. Um, you're, you're not actually going to get into the lives, um, of some of these kids. Um, so yeah, how do we look at, at quality over quantity, um, with, with our, with our community? Um, we look at our, our youth group, um, and our lives for our youth as a community. Um, if it's, if it's one kid there, that's, that's awesome. Like you get one-on-one time with this kid um, and you can, you, you can discuss anything that is on this kid's heart, um, anything that they want to, um, or that that's weighing on their heart, any joy they have. Um, that'd be a fantastic opportunity. I would love, I would love to have one-on-ones with all of my, and, and yeah. I do like, that's one thing um, our associate pastor and I do at the beginning of our confirmation year in August, we'll, we'll go visit every one of our kids um, in confirmation, like go to their, go to their home and visit just with them and their parents. And, and it's amazing because yeah. we get to have some real community time with them. Yeah. Um, so we, we intentionally put in small youth ministry in here going on, going with one, one-on-ones um, with these kids and their families. Um, so for, for youth leaders that have small groups out there, um, embrace that. Like that's, that's great. You can have, you can have this, this great cohesive little group. Um, and, and to be quite honest, you can, you can dig deeper, um, with, with that smaller group in a shorter amount of time. Um, then it right. takes a, a large group takes a, a lot longer amount of time to get to the same point um, of cohesiveness of trust of um, being able to emotionally and spiritually put yourself out there um, than with a smaller group. Um, so I, I say for youth leaders with with smaller groups out there, rocket like, um, <laughs> yeah, you focus focus in on that community um, in your in your your kids will, your kids will thrive under that. Absolutely. Well, we're so grateful that you were able to be here and uh, we encourage people to pick up the book and read the full chapter where you get to hear more about granola and also about how <laughs> you can develop community when you have the time. So Mark, thank you so much for being here. Yep. Thank you very much.
Well, again, thanks to Mark and really appreciate both his time today, but also his chapter. It's, it's uh, one of the longer ones in the book, but really full of so much great insight and practical stuff. And I love that talking about community for high schoolers, that they're in that interesting time with kind of peer-to-peer high school relationships. And for that church community to be that opportunity where they understand warmth, challenge, and grace. And for them to see a place where they belong, a place that supports them and cares for them, and how that can be a foundation for them going ahead into beyond high school, but then as adults too, to be those people then that show that love to others. And again, maybe to the generation behind them. Um, It's just a blessing and a great opportunity for young people to come together and understand Christ-centered community. Yeah, I, I love that that's, uh, that he, as he talks about something, a gift that we can participate in and that that Christian community is so different than what we experience other places. And uh, while they might feel, you know, become a part of a group someplace else, uh, that Christian community is unique and also unique in how we handle when sin breaks those relationships, right. unique in how we um, navigate that with confession and absolution and how we navigate crisis together uh, in a way that like you can tell young people will always adolescents need, but particularly this generation really needs. Yeah. Well, then, and it just becomes those types of then servant leaders and uh, Christ-centered uh, people when they go out to be able to be those kind of people who are getting involved in confession and absolution from one Neck from uh, person to person as adults, and as they are, uh, see the, the church uh, for future generations, that be able to display that and show that and live in that. I love too the, that he brings it out in the chapter, and we talked about it here is that concept of community as gift. I was so glad he used that Bonhoeffer quote. I'll, so I was reading Life Together uh, for the first time, that's one that stuck out to me. That was so often we can strive for that unity. And for that connection, when no, we get to live in it and live out through Jesus, it's his unity. It's his life that he's given to us in our baptism, and that's the blessing that we get to live in. And so it takes the pressure off us um, and, again, allows us to bask in Christ's grace, which is such a wonderful thing. Right. And I also appreciate you talking about building trust just in relationships in general. But even when you're coming to the logistical part of youth ministry, being able to go like trust is something you build over time. I think we've all been in situations where uh, we're together with people maybe we don't know particularly well or meeting for the first time. And all of a sudden, the person introduces some like high uh, level uh, of question where I have to pour my soul out or whether I have to uh, to interact very physically close to other strangers, obviously not in pandemic. But <laughs> I mean, I can vividly remember times where that was something that was the case. And so even just for youth leaders to be encouraged just on the social aspect of things to say, community is something we build slowly over time until we get to a place where we, we can really share deep and meaningful things. And before that, it's okay. You're still building that trust over time, um, but you're not going to ask kids to, uh, you know, cluster together very closely together right away when they're in the middle of adolescence. That's probably not the smoothest move. Probably not. Oh, things take time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So taking your time with that, right? And right. taking your time in all of those relationships to build them on a healthy foundation and not just uh, force them into a place where they're not ready yet. Well, speaking of time and growing, we have something to celebrate before we go into the closing questions and to give thanks for. This is episode number 50 of End Goals yes. Podcast. Hard to believe that's the case. 
But we are so thankful on a lot of levels, just thankful for this opportunity uh, to be able to talk about youth ministry and the awesome stuff going on in the LCMS and ministry to young people and and thankful for all our listeners and certainly feedback we get and just the opportunity we have to serve you. Thankful for our guests, so many pastors and DCEs and teachers and lay people who are caring on young people. And certainly want to give a shout out and thank you to KFUO for making this possible, especially Andy and Sarah for all the work that they do behind the scenes. Uh, Andy Bates and Sarah Golseff with their editing and posting and taking such good care of us. We're so thankful and the encouragement really to do this. Um, it, they they really paved the way for us in so many ways. So we're so thankful for, to both of them. Yeah. So Juliana, just curious, what is one thing you have learned or specifically appreciated in doing the podcast? Yeah, I I think you know one of the things that we. Uh, thought about when we initially had ideas for the podcast were like all of these, all of this information that we could share with lay leaders. Uh, but the reality is I feel like I've learned just as much <laughs> as, as you guys have. Um, this has been a great learning experience for me and a great opportunity to learn and to, to hear more from um, fantastic practitioners, um, some of whom I didn't know before. So it's an awesome, awesome piece. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I think, I mean, similar to what you kind of said there, I, I think hearing the stories, I still think one of my favorite moments is when we get to talk to guests and hear their story. There's maybe out of all the guests we've had, there's maybe one that I kind of knew their path through youth ministry into servant leadership in the church and like to see the seven practices and other things played out in their lives from the opportunities they had to serve as a young person or for where again, a, a, another adult took the time to reach out and get to know them and to invite them into the church or to stay, stay connected that way. Um, and certainly too, for them to deeper understand Jesus and his love for them. Just love to hear those stories and how the Holy Spirit works through the church, through his word, through sacrament and through people in that way. So that's just been a beautiful thing to hear that through effective and, and a healthy youth ministry. Well, and thankful for you, Mark. Thankful for all the people that make this podcast possible. Uh, we are so grateful to be able to do it. And uh, we hope that you uh, are, are benefiting from it and that your youth ministry is benefiting from it, that uh, that it's helping point you to Christ and help you uh, logistically to learn more about um, how you can be caring for young people in your church. Uh, so some closing questions. As we go into that, how are you finding ways to provide supportive adults for each of your youth? How are you encouraging youth to experience Christian community together in your church? And how are you working to focus on quality and not quantity when it comes to youth ministry? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you build relationships with young people and their families. And we pray you get to experience the gift of Christian community uh, that has warmth, challenge, and grace through Jesus. Uh, and as along, along with your young people that you serve so well. And Gold Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.